What an honour and a treat to speak to our next guest. She's an Aussie legend, Kel. She won Australia's first Olympic gold medal ever in Taekwondo back at the 2000 Sydney Games. She's a doctor. She's a speaker. She's an author. She has a medal of the Order of Australia and she has been inducted into the Sport Australia Hall of Fame. Lauren Burns, we bow before you. Oh, wow. Thank you. See, that makes it sound pretty good when you say it like that. Well, I tell you what, I I was trying to edit down your biography. You've done so much that I, I felt like even that wasn't enough to explain how incredible you are. You are a powerhouse. So we're really glad to have you on the show because, of course, the Olympics is wrapping up in the next 24 hours. So we thought we'd finish up by talking to our very own Golden Girl. Indeed. Lauren, before we get into the serious stuff of the 2020 Tokyo Games, how's the roundhouse looking these days? Oh, look, it's not too bad considering, but it's certainly not as high as it used to be. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had, I've had a lot of knee problems over the years so I'm not really meant to train on my knee too much in terms of kicking mm. so I, I took up boxing and you seem like such a delightful person yes, but I do get the feeling some, <laughs> sometimes I do get the feeling you just want to punch somebody in the face <laughs> well you know what this is the thing about martial arts is especially in the fight like you can't get emotional you can't have that emotion of being angry or you know wanting to really you know hurt someone it's, mm. so you're much clearer when it's about the game when I was competing you know you had to be really clear and not let any of that emotion get in the way and yeah. I learned that very early on when I was at one of my first club championships there was no one in my weight division and so my instructor put me in the boys group and he put me against this guy and I was doing these kicks and I was scoring so I was ahead on point and this guy just got so angry and so I think he was so upset that he was losing to a girl and so he became even more like charged and he was trying to punch me and kick me and I was just like oh man I've got you totally now like now you're in that state yeah. I'm all over you one by a mile and I just thought that once you get into that state then that then it's all over. <laughs> hey, are you are you like that as a parent like when your kids are kicking off do you just go zen and the kids know uh-oh she's in that mode like do you just are you the calmest parent when your children are messing up you know I try to be calm and everyone often is like oh my goodness I can't believe how calm you are it's the kids often are the ones that will you know they can trigger you in places that you never thought you you know being a parent you have to be you know you have to check in with yourself a lot I think now let's chat about the Olympics I want to know do you still get a thrill watching our Olympians now because you are, were an Olympian and we had a few firsts this Olympics did you feel like a, a solidarity with them because you were also a first with your gold in taekwondo Oh, absolutely. And the first one that really got me was the skateboarding. So mm. it was the Japanese girl, the 13-year-old that won. You know, and my son was really into it too. So we were just cheering and screaming. And I was like, this is the first gold medal for the sport. So I think, you know, when I won my medal, I didn't realise it was really the first because it was I was the first final on mm. that day. And it was really that, I guess, the penny dropped a bit later. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that is, you know, because I wasn't trying to be a first. I was just trying to get the gold yeah. medal. That was my main. So, yeah, I've just loved it. And same with, you know, the BMX. It's just been amazing. And I really, I have loved this game. I've just been absolutely glued to the TV. Mm. And especially with the Taekwondo, I was just, it was like I was having a party with myself. I had all these group <laughs> texts going with different team members, you know, oh. like that, texting each other and reminiscing about the good old days. And, it, yeah, it's been amazing. Oh. I've been working with a lot of these athletes. So I think I'm a bit closer to it this time around. So there's a program through the AIS called Gold Medal already and we've been working with you know various different athletes over the years 
And so I feel like even some of them have been through the program a little bit, even, or a lot. So I feel like, you know, there's just, I'm a bit more invested this time around. <laughs> so based on that fact, you'd have a real insight into what the athletes are facing this time around at the Tokyo 2020 Games, especially in the lead up to training during lockdown. And of course, competing in an Olympics like we've never seen before. Mm. Yeah, I think it's been really interesting because as we were working with a lot of the athletes, you know, we'd be up in Canberra or we'd be, you know, somewhere else. And from 2020 on, it was Zoom. And then you'd have, we did a lot of work with the softball team, the women's softball team. And so they'd be in different parts of the country. And so they're Zooming in. And everyone's experience is quite different. You know, some are there with their coach. Some have no coach. Some mm-hmm. are in a share house wow. with a few people. Some are on their own, you know, in a flat with no support. Yeah. That was one of the things I loved at the opening ceremony because it really highlighted this sense of, Athletes have been training, like often it is in their own home, trying to modify, you know, equipment that they can have in their bedroom yeah. or their lounge room. And, and I think that's sometimes the thing that we forget We're watching the game. I saw Harry Garside, the boxer, Australian boxer, and, you know, he said, this is the first fight I've had in 18 months. And you would never have that in another game or another situation mm. where someone hasn't had that constant competition experience leading into a game. So, you know, I think that's one of the things that it is particularly unique. And if you're in a country that's got a really strong depth to that sport, then they'll have that experience. But if not, you know, you could be just, yeah, training on your own in, in your bedroom. Hey, what I'd love to chat about before we let you go is the pressure of being an Olympian. And I think we've all seen that, especially these Olympics, with the incredible Simone Biles making headlines. I think she's the most extraordinarily brave, wonderful woman who has taught the world an important lesson about mental health being above all else. But I assume the pressure of the Games is something that every single Olympian has to deal with. Do you remember that pressure? Is it worse now with social media? How do people cope getting up their one shot and it either goes really well or it goes so pear shaped? Definitely, I think social media is a big influence and that's something that you have to be very strategic and have a good plan about how you're going to use social media before you go into the game. So, you know, previously, even at Rio, I think they were talking about switching off completely and there was a lot of education from the AOC around that but now you know people are chained to it and you know if you tell some young people to get off socials it's like it's too big a switch so it's about management like you know I'm not going to go on and look at anything else I'm just going to post I'm going to have these days off or you know people athletes often checking in I see a lot of follow a lot of athletes and you know some of them will be like okay I'm logging off now you won't hear from me until after I compete so I think having a really good plan with your coach and your support team and making that very clear because pressure is really real but you know one of the things that for me made the biggest difference was something very simple that my sports psych talked to me about and that was that the olympics is doing an ordinary thing in extraordinary circumstances and it was about bringing it back to what i knew you know i'd trained for this for years and years and years i was professional i knew all the my competitors i knew the referees i knew their stadium it was the state sports center in sydney so i'd competed there before and so bringing it down to what you know and what you can control is really important and then there's all the other things that we know about like breathing Mm. I did a lot of breathing training and you know what that does is it takes you out of that fight or flight and that sympathetic dominance and into that parasympathetic state so rest and digest and you can think a lot clearer then 
And so, you know, something as simple as slowing down and breathing is, yeah. you know, incredibly powerful for dealing with stress and pressure. Lauren, it sounds like you do a lot of mentorship as well with either up and coming athletes or people just involved in being excellent at what they're doing when it comes to being athletic, something I know nothing about. But I think maybe <laughs> if you've got some time quickly to speak on, because we have a lot of kids listening into the show at this time of the morning, and I'm sure a lot of them have been inspired by the mm. Olympic dream. Yeah. And we do hear stories like sometimes people win gold and they go on to be the face of a breakfast cereal. Other people win gold and go back to washing windows. Yeah. What is it for young kids? What can they expect? Is it a good experience? Is your journey to becoming a gold medal winning Olympian, is it a good experience and one you'd recommend to others? Well, I think it is because I think personal striving will always give you, you know, great benefits. It's got to be a personal journey. I don't think if you try and do it for sponsorship or fame or mm. money that, you know, that might not be there. And, you know, that's one thing I love when I got to the Games was I found all these other athletes that weren't being, you know, didn't have big sponsorships. And, uh, we, you know, we used to be paid $42 a week. And, you know, we thought that was great because wow. we'd never had that before. You know, you've got to have that passion for it and you've got to want to want to do it as well. And, you know, what you see with champion athletes is they often have this knowledge seeker mentality and they'll go out of their way to do things. And, you know, I'm going to talk about Harry again, the boxer. I love that, you know, he's been doing ballet and seen him at the gym in Richmond. I've seen him at the AIF. Like he's always out there doing things. And, you know, that asking questions and seeking knowledge and how could I do it a little bit differently, mm. that sets you up really well, not just for sport, but for lots of other different avenues in life. Well, Lauren Burns, what an absolute treat to talk to you today. Once a golden girl, once an Olympian, always an Olympian. It's been such a pleasure. Enjoy watching the closing ceremony and, and reliving your incredible experience back in, in Sydney. We thank you so much for your time today, Lauren. Thanks so much for having me.